Sergeant! Sir, sir! Are you okay? Oh my god! Very lucky shot, huh? Yeah, lucky. She just killed a helicopter with a car. Hundreds of thousands of people get killed by cars every year. It's just like four more. <laughs> there we go. I feel like I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm going to throw up before I start these things. I'm just like... Just a quick little... I'm just... Good to go. Well, even last night I did it in Instagram Live or whatever it was, and I, I tried to do it for like two seconds, and all I was talking about the episodes, obviously, and I was trying to like... It's like, okay, let's get through this. I've started going, and I'm usually pretty good with those things now. Got it down. This time? No. It was just like... <laughs> And I was like, God, how quickly can I delete, delete that live, uh, you know, little recording? And I was like, God, it's horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, let's try this again. And so when I fired it up again, I'm like, oh, let's try this again. I'm like, damn it. It's live. It records. I can't edit this. It's one and done. Like, what the it's hell one am and I done. doing? And welcome, everybody, back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Today, you have Wes and myself, and this is going to be round two. It's going to be the startup of round two of the Hollywood Cup Car Challenge. And this is going to be what we would preferably refer to as a quickie, I -hmm. guess you would say, these very short uh, episode matchups. And this is obviously in round one. We'll just go over it real fast before we do our donut break. Round one, we had a whole lot of fun. It was Mike and I, and then we had Eric on as a guest, obviously, before he became full-time, we'll call him full-time Eric, uh, on the podcast. And we had a ton of fun when it came to kind of teasing away at some of the vehicles. I mean, you know, I'm just going to take a quick little gander here and say, because we're in the wonderful world of editing, and say we had some of the most ridiculous lineups. And I'm just going to go to them for two seconds, and you kind of get a kick out of this one too, Mikey. We had the limo from SWAT versus the Crown Vic. Mm-hmm. Here's a big shocker, because we revealed it the other day. Uh, the limo won. It went to the fans, limo won. We pulled an audible on this one, because I wanted to see it go ahead anyways. Guess what? The Crown Vic's back. I said, get the hell out of there, SWAT limousine. Yeah. Like, no, even Samuel junk. Jackson made it super cool, but, I mean, come on. You know, they're out of the, the moon roof shooting, took down a plane on a bridge. Okay, pretty badass, but not cool. So we took it out. We got to get the uh, Crown Vic back in. Uh, we had the Porsche 911 versus the Ferrari 550 Marinello, oh. which you honestly, Wes, you hated when I, I, I get, you were texting with me and I could just tell you were like, I hate you. I was so excited. Actually, it was actually my wife, because I was telling her the topic of today's episode was, and she's like, she's like, have you done like the cars from Bad Boys? I'm like, oh, it's genius. And I'm like, they probably have. And then I messaged you and I was like, yeah. They did. She's like, oh, it's too bad. It is too bad. Because like when we looked at it, we're like, I listened to it again the other night uh, coming home from night shift. And I was like, okay, Porsche 911, am I wrong on this one? Ferrari 550 Marinello. I don't think I was wrong in voting in, and I don't think Mike was wrong either, in pushing the Marinello through. To be debated. To be debated. To be debated. To be debated. All right. So we pushed the 550 Marinello. That passed on through. I just, I had to see it go through. Uh, the Ford F-150 versus Navistar MXT. That was the all-rock edition. We ended up having the Ford F-150 pushed through. That was a fan or a listener vote through. Uh, we had the Chevy Tahoe from Bright, which I thought, I love Tahoes. I don't know why. They're a stupid, ridiculous 45-point turn vehicle. Horrible quality. Horrible. <laughs> Breakdown <laughs> like all the time. Everything falls off, falls. Yeah, they're just, they're 
crap. They're the worst. They're the worst. They're officially they the worst. They look so cool. <laughs> That's it. It looks so cool. It went up against, obviously, Hot Fuzz's Vauxhall Astra, which was the Mark V police vehicle uh, from Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz took it. Like, hands down. I don't know why. I wanted that bright Tahoe to push through so bad because I love those cars. Nah. Uh, it pushed on through, which, uh, you know, in the end, I'm pretty happy about that. We had the Fifth Element flying police car. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, whatever. It's, fast. Possible. It's, it's a fast food stop. He goes to McDonald's. He gets yeah. his McDonald's. They, they fly through Fifth Element after Bruce Willis. I mean, you know, why not? Uh, up against the 96 Eclipse, I believe it was. And the Eclipse pushed 95. Through. Sorry, 95? Yeah. Oh, I suck. 95 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah, 95. Okay, 95. Yeah. I was wrong. 95 Eclipse, and the Eclipse pushed through. Yeah, um, of course. Flying fifth Could, element. Yeah, its wheels stay on. But was it unreasonable? Yeah. It's the next mug. We're going to make it. But that's it, what we do. It's going to happen. Uh, and then we had the Chevy Wagon, obviously from Lethal Weapon. That was uh, Riggs's ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. And versus the Monte Carlo, Lonzo's ride from Training Day. Mm. 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 That car actually, I think, should have got a credit in that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Anna said, it, it should have been Chevrolet, Monte Carlo. <laughs> Very first <laughs> cast credit. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then Denzel and yeah, everyone else. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, get out of here. Yeah. Even then, I think, uh, who was it? It was Dr. Dre. Dre was in that too. He was one of the, uh, the, the one of Alonzo's crew guys. Was he? Yeah, I think that was that was Dre. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, I'm almost. Yeah. I'm almost, I'm going to be like ninety eight. I do it three yeah. percent, not like five, but three yeah. percent. I can see that. Uh, and obviously, the Monte Carlo pushed through. Like yeah. it just it had That's to happen. Uh, we had the oh Tango and Cash SUV from Hell. That was an interesting ride. That was the SUV with the Gatling gun attached to it. It actually looked kind of like a Toyota. What was the Toyota minivan from the early nineties? The Sienna. It no. wasn't Sienna, but it was like. It was very box. It was like oh, very, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about very bubbly. It was like uh, I'm trying to think. What movie. Are you thinking Mazda's like MPV they had similar to an MPV? Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was still. I think it was still a Toyota. But it was kind of mm-hmm. like that. It was like yeah, definitely a concept car for that. It was like a previous predecessor to the Transport, the Pontiac Transport, the mm. fly, which we, we used to own as a family. <laughs> you know, the flying uh, dustbuster. Yeah, and then that took on the Prius. From the other guys, from Tog. We're just going to call it the other guys or Tog. And the Prius one. Obviously, the, you know, yeah. F, the F-Shack, the soup kitchen, <laughs> it moved on. And then the last one, we just completely threw it out the window. And we said, hey, listen, we're going to have the Dread motorcycle. So that's a Lawmaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, original Lawmaster. Like, Sylvester Stallone, not the uh, Kyle Urban version, the remake of Dread. You're going to be mad at me. I've never seen Judge Dredd. That's okay. I'll watch we'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll put it on the list. Educate myself here. It's, it's like me. I got to watch Colors. Apparently, I, I've never seen Colors, and apparently, I got to see that one too. Never seen it either. Oh, we could, we'll have to watch it together. Yeah. And then that was versus the Robocop 2014, the remake, which was, I don't know what the hell they called it, but obviously, uh, the C1, the C1 motorcycle. Uh, and that one moved on as well too. So that is basically, we have... Matchup one is going to be the Crown Vic from Die Hard versus the Eclipse from Fast and Furious because I was like, that's going to be a hilarious battle. And that's what we're doing today. Uh, matchup two is going to be Robocop. is going to be obviously the C1 versus the Voxel Astra Mark V from Hot Fuzz. Uh, matchup three will be Lonzo's Ride, the Monte Carlo from Training Day, and the F-150 from Walking Tall, which 
could get interesting, but it might be super lame. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty one-sided. Wah, wah. And then the Prius from Tog uh, moving on against the Ferrari F550 Marinello. <laughs> like, I don't, go I, Prius. Go I, Prius. Go Prius. Yeah. I, like, I, but again, I want the Marinello to go through because it's just... It's you and a Marinello. Absolutely nuts. But yeah. before we get into matchup number one, we can kind of discuss what we're doing here. Mikey, let's, uh, let's do the Unreasonable Grounds podcast tradition other than... Going over the ground rule of just you and me don't get each other fired. How about that? Deal. Deal. So on today's menu, on the way here, I very loudly, opening this bag here, picked up two of my faves. A apple fritter for each of us. And I have nuked it for about 30 seconds. I've never had a apple fritter nuked. This will change your life. Have you tried to put it in like a toaster oven? Or does that make it too hard? Mm, that would probably, yeah, no. I think you want... You want full-on radiation. You want full-on radiation. You want all those sugar molecules just bouncing around inside from those microwaves and it just being just, like what is right now, just a pile of warm goo. Just goo. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the deal. We're going to do the tradition. Let's break donut. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. So messy. I only got you the one napkin, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why God gave you pants. I'm trying to fight for a response. Have you ever gone to Tim Hortons and asked them to nuke it? Do they have microwaves at Tim Hortons? They have to. Yes. Yes, I have, actually. Yeah. Have um, they done it for you? Yeah. You can go through the drive-thru and ask them to mm. warm up. And I did it inside. So I just asked them, can you like nuke that for a little bit? And um, yeah, it's like well, it's like apple pie, isn't it? That is apple pie. It's apple pie. You know what? This Okay, this is officially one of the greatest things I've ever had. This yeah. instantly yeah. brought Tim Hortons as the OG, stepped it up to, like, if it was at five, which I, I lay Tim Hortons at five. Yep. Solid five. Although there are some, some Tim Hortons, which we're going to have a battle in the future, the battle of the Boston Creams, because mm -hmm. it's the most effed up donut at every single shop where they can screw that up one that, they, they can do. screw that one up the most. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do that, but this is fantastic. So I'm going to move. Into matchup number two, because now I've got this crazy sugar high, and I'm so excited <laughs> about a new way to make donuts. Uh, and it's interesting, because there's some people I can edit this out, and some people are getting all worked up about the fact that we take too long to get to the episode. <laughs> and to those people, what I'm going to say is... You're missing out. You're missing out, mm -hmm. and we don't care. Mm -mm. We're nothing, having fun. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. Matchup number one. Let's do it. Here's the deal. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to blast through this. We have... Four different categories we're going to work with this time. Last step, or last round, I should say, we ended up dealing with a whole bunch of different things, like obviously icon level. We talked about the specs, how they came up head to head. All right. Well, things are going to be changed up a little bit today. Today, we're going to go through three categories that will be dealing with all the matchups for number two, which is hilarious because most of them are, are uh, unmarked. But here's what we're doing. Number one category, we're going to look at appearance, lights and markings. It's self-explanatory. Yeah. We're going to look into it. Uh, number two is going to be functionality as a PC. Now, you and I have already talked about this one, Was There are some issues, obviously, with plainclothes vehicles, props. We're already going to look at that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Options, capability, storage, all the rest of that kind of deal. Number three, longevity. How did it hold up in the film? How did it hold up in the scenes? And in the end, as a character, how did it hold up? Okay? And number four, it's just basically would you. Would you use that particular vehicle as a PC? Mm -hmm. 
Love it. If you had the choice, if you, this is like, if you had the choice, not between the two, but if you had the choice, would this be the car of choice for that particular skill, role, job, whatever it might be? All right. All right. So today we're moving into it. Number one, Crown Vic, Die Hard. Okay. Let's do it. We're breaking into appearance and lights and markings. All right. Let's just start it off. It's a Crown Vic. So number one, it already wins. I'm sorry. We're that's it. We're done. We're done. We're done. And, and recording. <laughs> We're done. It's over. Um, I'm happy to say that uh, the new winner of uh, round one, or round two, uh, matchup number one, is the Kravik. All right, we're and uh, everybody have a wonderful day. And this is the end of the podcast episode. All right, apples and oranges. I think here with markings. I mean, obviously the Crown Vic, you know, or the Ford CVPI, if you will. It was not actually a, a purpose-built police car. You have to actually make one, but it was about as close as you could get and. You whether you see one somewhere or you see an old taxi, everybody brake checks, <laughs> right? Everybody's like, oh, there's a cop car. Um, you see one on the push bar, especially you're, you're gonna you're gonna brake check. You know the Eclipse has nothing. I mean the, the Eclipse in you know, and that was what you and I were talking about earlier. The Eclipse has all the markings of a perfect car to use as a prop. It's a prop car. Yeah. It is a, if we look at the actual film, so Brian Spillner or whatever it was going to be, um, his actual position is a UC. He's the undercover operator, right? And he's got this prop. He's getting into the street racing. He has to be able to show off. It's sort of like a flash roll. You know what I mean? When yep. it comes to money or whatever it is for prop. And this is exactly what it is. Not only that, but it's a tool mm-hmm. as well. So I kind of have to argue. When we talk about markings and lights, okay, the lights, stupid right it's not there but the markings how well disguised is that vehicle it's not at all but like, it's so covert or so overt that it's covert would you would you pick that out like, if you're going out there and you're like hey if some guy's going into street racing and dealing with the likes of dominic toretto mm-hmm. the don't let him get into the car dominic toretto yeah i mean you're never you're never gonna look at that car and say that car is a police car being driven by a police officer <laughs> i've i've worked with guys who honestly if they would have had the chance and probably the okay they would have done that to some of our prop cars and it wasn't for us probably some bosses saying um no (laughs) taxpayer Um, money yeah uh we have to be able to return this car and there are things that we can't do you know like you know with them modifying with the nos and everything right you know i there's there's scene there with the captain i think explaining like how much this car costs the department how much money they put into it so i mean yeah it's it is just that is a prop car but one hell of a prop car yeah it, it it's a bit of a write-off anyway so i absolutely agree with you i'm just making the argument for making the argument because there's no way that that would ever the, the eclipse would ever come into that uh but i will give it to uh the fbi which and the people that I've, I've spoken to down in the states and the people that listen to the podcast and some of the guys that have commented on the fact that that particular fbi vehicle uh, they say the FBI is the lamest organization in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's sort of like us and our like commercial crime units. Like, ooh, you work for the integrated market enforcement team. Good for you. You have a very nice suit. So, sidebar here, I was um, chatting chatting with one of our members who works in our, our SMP surveillance unit, and uh, he goes around the country teaching surveillance courses. And he actually went down to the states and was helping teach. Uh, the FBI, some surveillance techniques because you know our surveillance training is you know some of the best in, in the country, if not the world. And he was explaining how you know he's their cars they're using for surveillance were just black crown Vicks, and he's like, really, this is 
That's what you guys use. Yeah, yeah. Surveillance cars. Those are all police cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we know. Yeah, this is, this is what we have. These are, these are our surveillance cars. And he, he was just blown away, like four black crown Vicks going down, you know, the interstate together. And uh, yeah, so. With with the antenna bent on the back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Three and a half inch pigtail. Isn't that, I think that was from the town where he's like, any, any you know, eight year old in the in the town knows that FBI surveillance vehicle is a black and white crown Vic with a three inch pigtail on the back. And there you are. He's like, you're going to be slick. Try being slicker than an eight year old or whatever the quote is from Ben Affleck there. But. And they're, they're FBI police and like the patch, I've got the FBI police patch, which I thought was a gimmick. I'm like, oh my God, they actually have FBI police officers, but yeah, they obviously protect some of their facilities. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that particular vehicle that they use is super lame, but I will, I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that for a federal agency that is known for being lame. It's not bad looking. It's got the right markings. It does what it has to do. It's a police car. Uh, so, uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. In this particular one, this is my vote. Uh, the Crown Vic wins. Yeah. yeah so, it, it just kind of makes sense. Now, we're moving on to functionality as a PC. Okay. This one could be argued both ways. Uh, we'll start with the Eclipse on this one because it's kind of interesting. For the task, for the role, it is a UC vehicle. Did it do its job as a prop vehicle for that particular task, which was beating or attempting to beat Dominic Toretto in a street race. 100%. Wow. Did it win the race? I can't actually remember. Oh, it didn't win the race. No, no, no. It's it, too soon. It didn't that win the way. race. But when he pulled on scene, though, with that car, what did he get? Attention. Yes. And what do you want when, you're, when you're in those roles? When 100%, you know, had he pulled in with a run-of-the-mill car that, didn't get that, but he got exactly what he wanted, and that, yeah. was, and that was attention. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the and fact if, that, if the, not some cred, yeah. And, and the fact that you know when he lifted the hood and, and whatever it was, he started making comments. You know, yeah, he gets absolute credit uh, from the rest of the people that were there. And then uh, obviously they, he blows a manifold. You see the little thing in the passenger seat, the little seat manifold <laughs> drop down, which is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. You know, obviously the the bolts and screws get shaken out of it, and it's like the whole. <laughs> the whole piece of metal goes flying out behind him okay but after the fact the race is done he blows the i think he i can't remember what they were saying he blows the headers does everything yeah, else in I it remember like, yeah so it blew the gaskets you know and he's talking about how he's gonna have to strip the whole car down still drivable so still functions and he still catches up and helps dominic toretto he goes and catches him before the cops do right so i until johnny tran blows it the hell up i think it worked perfectly yeah for um, its functionality its functionality what it was designed to do and that's exactly what it did and if not mechanically obviously yep. you know putting in the nitrous you it's way more than just throwing a nitrous you have to front to back build almost a whole new car to deal with the new torque but with just the look itself of that car and you know going back to when did that movie come out that was 99 99 99 2000 yeah so i mean even seeing that car then, you know, this was something that was still so new and out there. And yeah, I mean, it got everybody's attention and, you know, that and the Supra really started a whole craze. I mean, oh, that veil side, yeah, so it was always veil side. Veil God, side. you imagine all the losers out there. Sorry, you guys are going to kill me. You remember back in the day when it, cause we were about the same age mm -hmm. in our late thirties and it's like, everybody that had the Dodge shadows with veil side stickers across the top of the window. Oh, yeah. You're like, dude, it's a Dodge Shadow. It's a what sick. are you doing? Yeah. At least get a duster. 
Force Spirit or something. <laughs> something better than a Dodge Shadow. Something with more than 90 horsepower. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but with all the props that we're going to give the Eclipse on that one, as we look towards the Crown Vic, functionality as a PC, we already talked about the, obviously, the uh, it's built for that purpose. It really is. The Crown Vic was built. Obviously, it became more synonymous with taxi cars or taxi mm-hmm. cabs. Uh, as much as it did with police vehicles. But in the film, its functionality as a PC, it doesn't have a prisoner area in the back of it. No. Now, I don't know if that's indicative of those particular marked vehicles in FBI uh, squad cars. I don't know. It, or it could just be Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they take the head, the giant headrest out because we all know we've driven those cars. Yeah. I've driven the hell out of those cars. Oh, yeah. I remember those big, giant headrests that mm-hmm. they used to have. Like, it was like, it went over your head. And we're, I'm a taller guy, too. And they were literally, like, uh, almost a foot thick, those big, giant things, yeah. right? And I know that was in the later years, probably the 05 through 09 generation. Uh, but still, they take all those out, and then they do the Hollywood stuff with it. But its use and function, driving through and then getting blasted and blown up. We're going to talk about that longevity. But it's functional use in being catapulted off a toll booth and taken out a helicopter. Yeah. Like having, having, having driven one, had it fly off the highway in a snowstorm, hit the <laughs> snowbank, and then fly into a farmer's field, fishtail in there, and then back to the ditch again and back on the road and just keep going. Just keep going. And just keep going. Like, but to me, the Crown Vic, there are two different parts to it. There is the durability of it, which is what we need. It's a tank. But there is also the ergonomics of it, mm, which no, like how like is your sciatica messed up? Because I know mine is <laughs> from sitting in that thing. And I, you know, in my particular case, I wasn't as fortunate to be able to drive them as much as you want. I almost dropped one off of a mountain. Well, call a mountain, a very large hill close to a mountain in northern BC. Mm. Uh, so. I almost did that and destroyed it, but otherwise, I barely touched the thing other than in training because we didn't have them. London, we right, had, yeah. didn't have them. Uh, Granal, we had one, and that was the one I almost ended up tossing out, and then I spent the rest of the time in plain clothes. So the time I do have in the seat, that giant wide seat, and I, you know, there's a bigger guy. It was nice. That was kind of nice, but it was stiff. Yeah. I remember them being stiff as a board. It, my first post, we had a truck and we had a car. That was it. So I drove the car. And when it wasn't snowing out. And yeah, I mean, I would put 700 kilometers on in a weekend easily doing our detachment area because it was just a small, slippy place and just lap after lap after lap. And I'd hit the reset on the triple odometers to see how far I went that weekend. Yeah, you know, six, 700 kilometers just driving and driving and driving. So I put a lot of miles on, the, on that thing. It's been more than enough time inside the, of a Crown Vic. And yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that, you know, ergonomically, yeah, you get out and it's like, oh. Yeah, there's there's the back issue right there. No, there's the sciatica because you're you're sitting flat. Absolutely you're not flat. Sitting. You couldn't do anything with that. No, so you're sitting flat, which is not comfortable because your belt now starts to pinch everything. Um, putting anybody in the back, there's even less room in the back. You know, you put them back there. Like if you have anybody your height, like you're kind of folding them to get them in there. Yep. The trunk is huge. It's like a pickup truck. Like you could it's put beautiful. Yeah. Like if you were to run out of room in the back seat, you could start throwing people in the back, and then they'd have lots of room back there. Easy, <laughs> easily. So they could breathe. Yeah. So I, I ergonomically, I think where we are now with police cars, like they're better for us. You know, there's more room in the back, but the durability. I mean, it's just not there. Like those Crown Vicks, you could just. Yeah, I mean, you could wrap them to 3,000 RPM and just do an end bomb, and that thing would just 
Yeah. It'd be gone. Yeah. So it, it's tough on this one. This one, I kind of have to give it to the Eclipse. Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm thinking, we're actually seeing as full out use as a police vehicle on a day-to-day basis for the task at hand. Me, where I'm thinking, the lack of a prisoner area in the back writes it off completely. Yeah. It really does. Short of it being a security car. But if you had to do any kind of actual policing, it'd be a joke because it'd oh, be like useless. the 1980s and the 1970s where it, there was no prisoner area. Like my old man would tell me stories. He'd just tell the guy to shut the hell up in the back seat and, you know, whatever. And he learned not to do anything stupid back there. You just trusted him in the back seat or you put him in the front seat with you. Yeah. You know, but uh, but the eclipse really does settle out here and it does its job. So I'm going to go, we're at one and one now. We're at Crown Vic for the first one and the other one, I think, and I don't know if it's up to you, but I no, think the Eclipse wins the number two. I agree. I mean, we're going to get a lot of hate mail for that and bring it. I know. And yeah. Woodsy's going to kill me. Oh, 100%. Oh, it's going to hurt me tomorrow morning yeah. if I even tell him about this. So number three, so we have one and one, so we have longevity. All right. How did the vehicle hold up? We're going to switch back to the Crown Vic in this one. How did it hold up? It turned into a giant smoldering mount of rubble. It probably still started, though. Exactly. <laughs> and how it got to be that. The Crown Vic got absolutely pummeled with rounds from that helicopter. In the first instance where they end up doing the transport from the FBI headquarters, driving through D.C., and then down to wherever they were going, they get misdirected, and then the whole shootout starts. Dude, it gets absolutely annihilated with rounds. Plus, it runs over a fire hydrant. Which hmm. then takes out one of the guys up in the helicopter. Of course, which, yeah. Good plan, John McClane. Well done, sir. I salute you. And then it keeps going on, goes into the uh, subway, or not the subway, the tunnel, goes in the traffic tunnel where they shut all the lights off and they send the traffic at him, gets absolutely smashed, absolutely smashed inside that thing. John McClane figures out a way to get back inside of it, drive it out, and catapult that bastard right into a helicopter. Can you say anything else for longevity in that? No. No. I, 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 if that all were to happen in real life, that thing would still run. I Absolutely. Yeah. You'd be able to drag that thing out. You would, yeah. A, be able to tow it. Yep. And you wouldn't need dollies. No. That thing would pick up as a big lumbering piece of steel. That is what that thing is. It is a body-on-frame sedan with just shy of, you know, just over 200 horsepower. Like it is a little push rod. 4.6 liter v8 it is a very is as simple as design i mean that, that that design goes back to you know the sedans in the 30s you know it's a very very simple well-made made to last design and, that, and that's what they needed and they that's relied they upon that yeah probably one of the mo- uh, it's got to be the highest in sheer quantity selling vehicles in north america had to have been just all the cabs the police cars oh, just, like, yeah the mass production of them yeah it was, had to be and it yeah. Thank you very much, St. Thomas, Ontario. The plant, which doesn't exist. Well, it still exists, but it doesn't obviously pumped it out since 2009. Thank you, St. Thomas, and everybody that worked at that plant for what you did. You gave us a fantastic police vehicle. Uh, so now we've sung the praises of the Crown Vic. We'll move on to the the Eclipse. Okay, the Eclipse and longevity. So going back, I think, to the beginning of like we were talking about DSM Diamond Star Motors, so you had this these companies got together and you know made Diamond Star Motors, which was more or less Mitsubishi, 
and you had the Plymouth Laser, you had the Eagle Talon, you had the, you had the Mitsubishi Eclipse. Um, as time went on, I think just the Eclipse remained, Eagle went away, and Plymouth still making the Laser, and Plymouth went away too. Um, and you can still buy the Eclipse. Yes, you can still buy the Eclipse. It's yeah, but it's, it's, nothing. it's an SUV now. Is it? Yeah, the Eclipse is an SUV. Oh. Like the actual Mitsubishi Eclipse? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a small SUV crossover now. Oh, yeah, that's what they, they, makes money, I guess. Yeah, they called it something else, but I was a little shocked and pissed off when they called it the Eclipse. So they were back in back in that day, back in the nineties. Like they were well made. They were hot little hatchback racers. They were fun. I wanted one. You know, whether it was a, a Talon or an Eclipse. I think you know. And then when this movie came out and they showed you know this generation, which I think was the uh, second gen of the, of the Eclipse, it was just like, wow. I know. Was, I, yeah, I wanted one. Yeah, I wanted one. I was like, I'm ready to look away from my Pontiac Trans Am. And I'm like, oh, the Firebird. Oh, wait, the Eclipse. My dad's like, oh, it's a Mitsubishi. It's a piece of garbage. Go back to Pontiac. I'm like, yeah, who won, the, who won on that one, eh? <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I agree. It, it was that hood. That hood gave it away every time mm-hmm. with Eagle Talon, how it had the bump. The bump, yeah. It was like, was that, I imagine that was for the, the turbo. Because I was only in the turbo versions. It had to have been for a turbo. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever why it would have that bump on the passenger side. Yeah, it, it might have been uh, for the uh, pulley for the cam. Oh, that could have been that, yeah, too. But it looked cool. It's super cool. Like, I was like, wait a second. Like, there was guys out there that were putting on, remember the Canadian tire uh, stick on? Or, like, they used to be able to screw them on. They'd do Bondo over the little hood scoops. Oh, non, yeah. Non-functioning. Obviously non-functioning. It's yeah. like... Any dummy driving around in a front-wheel drive car that put a giant spoiler on the back. You're like, that makes no sense whatsoever. No, no sense. It's a shopping cart. It's a now fa- really fancy shopping cart. But you could get those in a turbo all-wheel drive. Ooh, there you go. That would be nice. I don't see any of them driving around anymore, which probably, again, now speaks to that longevity. longevity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think the first time you went over a very steep curb, off coils oil pan... You're yep, going to have a lot of pieces everywhere. It's going to be an absolute mess. I think probably even a large enough rac- raccoon, <laughs> especially like on this car, intercooler gone. So inter- once the intercooler's gone, you know, you've got a lot of issues. Now your turbo is not cooling down that air anymore for what's going in there. And then you've got the raccoon tumbling underneath. As it's now, <laughs> Sorry for any animal lovers out there. It's going to then start to hit your oil pan. And then, yeah, once your oil is gone, well, whereas that, that Crown Vic, I'm pretty sure a Crown Vic could probably go two three four blocks with zero oil in it easy <laughs> if not do an entire shift yeah. how many times you like trying to shift you have you're like trying to switch gears you're like getting up to maybe 2000 rpm you're like ooh, that's a little rich today isn't that a little rich <laughs> you're like oh wait that's just no oil at all yeah there's usually only five lights on the dash or six on today hmm, hmm. weird weird oh. the uh so so in the, for longevity within the film as well too with the eclipse Johnny Tran blasted that thing, and it blew up with the NOS. Now, okay, dramatic as it was, I will say that Johnny Tran blowing that thing up was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Is it going to lift the car up 15 feet into the air and have a giant blue flame, you know, blowing up from underneath it? That's pretty. That's a pretty heavy car. Mm -hmm. I would love to see the MythBusters on that. Probably been done. It'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see, yeah. If if it would have gotten that high, because that was pretty cool to see. But I guarantee it's not running. If you would have blown up the Crown Vic and it would have jumped up 15 feet, I think you're correct that it would drive. Yeah, you would drive that thing right down the street. 100. percent 
I'm going to give longevity to the oh, uh, to the Crown Vic. Hands down. Yeah. So FBI number 279, you're going to get it. So now it's leading. It's leading. Okay. Everybody don't get pissed off at us anymore. The Crown Vic is leading again. Two categories to one. Last one might throw a wrench in that. Last category is the would you. Ooh, this is going to be tough. If you had, <clears throat> let's say you were going to take on your John McClain. And if you had the choice of marked PC police vehicles, would you choose the Crown Vic to take on Gabriel, which was the main bad guy in this particular case, and a helicopter firing many fully automatic rounds at you? Would you choose the Crown Vic or would you take, I don't know, there was a Ford Explorer Expedition, I think, there for the FBI cars. I don't know. I, I think it's a dumb question to begin with, but... If I, if and I'm I created that. I made up a question in this particular case, but this matchup, it's just stupid. If I'm going to launch either one of those cars into a helicopter, yeah, the, you know, the Crown Vic for sure. I mean, even just got that kind of torpedo look to it. You know, yeah, it, it's got a nice service, service air missile kind of. It's streamlined. <laughs> it's very streamlined. And it's got the power to go and put it out. Yeah, it's got that big, you know, iron block V8. It's got a lot of weight in the front. The fact that it went up and so gracefully ascend down which i thought was kind of funny too because you think the front end would have come down first they usually do yeah yeah and it just kind of like lightly rolled into it but i guess they were thinking like yeah hey, we can't really make it go like that on such a steep so. no it looks lame on film right yeah we're just throwing out the physics of the whole thing we'll be we doing yeah. science who needs science yeah not let's me. just throw science out uh i would 100 percent take the grubbeck as well too so but the other question is is for the particular task would you choose the eclipse or would you choose something else and if you could choose something else, what would it be? So we're talking the task of being a prop car? A that's prop the... car for the races up against Dominic Toretto and Fast and the Furious in the first one. So we don't know anything about these guys because we're not sending cars up to space like they did in the last stupid episode or the last movie. <laughs> I don't care who's listening right now. Spoiler alert. They send a, what was <laughs> oh. it? Oh, it was a Pontiac Fiero into space. I stopped watching after, I think it was Tokyo Drift. What was that number three or two that was three i don't know there's like what nine of them no ten ten yeah i think it's ten oh, but in the okay. last one they literally sent a pontiac fiero with a rocket on the back of it which is where space. a fiero belongs it does yeah slick car though if you put a ferrari kit on them yes yes yes, yes. there you go what would be your choice be if you were to do that so if for a prop car having owned some fun cars in, in my life I still probably wouldn't go with Mitsubishi. Um, the Supra in that car, in that show, to me, the Supra is between the Supra and the Challenger, 100%, are the two main characters characters in that show. You know, the rest is just fluff. I, I love that Supra is amazing. We don't like the Pontiac or the uh, Volkswagen Jetta. Come on, it's a Volkswagen Jetta. It's a red line, dude. My cousin had like the exact same car actually later on. It was like Lord and everything. Was it the GTI? Or no, was it, the GTI? It, wasn't. it was, it was the... just a regular old, you know, four banger. <laughs> four banger <Yeah>. Jetta. <laughs> He's going to take on Johnny Tran and the Honda S2000. You didn't like the Honda S2000? I've driven them. My dad had one. They're awesome cars, they're a lot of fun. But again, that's Supra. Like, how many of those generations have you seen in real life? None. Three. Yeah, very few. Maybe. Very few. Three, four. So I don't know, just the rarity of that. Yeah. So no. I would if I had to pick I'm going into that movie, what I pick for a prop car, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't even pick the Mitsubishi. All right. So I think it's decided. 
Well, look at that. We kept it under 45 minutes. Not bad. Crown Vic's winning. Ding, ding, ding. If we look at it, we go through all the categories. All right. So in summary, appearance, everything else, please wins. Crown Vic wins. Functionality, the Eclipse won. So yay, Eclipse for all you people that love the Eclipse for some reason. Um, I don't know how you guys won that vote, but yeah, way, way, way to go. Well done. You get a clap. Number three, longevity. Crown Vic wins, hands down. Yeah. And then the would you? Yeah, it's a Crown Vic. It's happening. So I'm sure shit ain't taking a Taurus into that particular chase. So after a nuclear apocalypse, there will be cockroaches and Crown Vicks. And Keith Richards. And Keith Richards. Yeah. That's it. And maybe Miley Cyrus, because I don't think anything anybody can kill that. No, that's a trivia. So four, four yeah, so things. There's four things. Four things. There's four things sitting there. All right, so matchup one is done. Crown Vic takes it. Crown Vic moves on. I'm very excited. This should be really good because I have no idea who the hell it's going to come up. Could you imagine the Crown Vic coming up against like the Voxel Astro from Hot Fuzz? GM versus Ford. GM versus Ford. And it's like, what a loser car though. Yeah. What a loser competition that would be. (laughs) If we looked at the same categories, it would be absolutely ridiculous. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but that would be absolutely ridiculous if that was the case. And so you guys know, listeners, we have not created all of this and just like come up with this and pre-scheduled it and kind of looked at it. It was like, it'd be really funny to see the TOG, the other guy's Prius up against the Vauxhall Astra Mark V in the end. We haven't done that. We actually just come up with these things and whoever's available, we just kind of bang out the episodes. And I think Crown Vic walked away on this one with due charge. I think this was fantastic. I think we had a good time with this one. Oh, 100%. We are going to continue on. The very next episode is going to end up being the matchup number two of the Hollywood Cup Car Challenge. We're going to continue to have fun with this. So on that point, I'm excited. Mike, are you happy with the end result? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a no-brainer from the get-go. It was an absolute no-brainer. We are going to move on to the next episode, guys. Check it out. Check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get podcasts. You'll find the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Check it out at the website at www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com and uh, let us know what's going on. Send us an email if you have any interested uh, comments you want to talk about or if we said anything that offended you, send it to us. We love looking at those as well too. Uh, But again, send it out, share us. If you know somebody that's getting into this particular type of field or gets a kick out of it, if you're a fellow cop nerd, send it to them, share them. All right, everybody be safe out there.